What What do you mean? I didn't do a show yesterday. You didn't do a show yesterday, right? Technical issues, calls that went really late and long, and uh, a, a chaotic morning sometimes. But I, I'm so working on it. And listen, I just have to tell y'all, you you all did me a, a, a solid. Um, I, I should have had some big applause here for you. Remember, well, it wasn't yesterday. It was the day before yesterday. That's for you. That's for you guys. Uh, I said, listen, if you want, you can help me out tremendously. You can change my life by giving me a dollar a month. Remember when I said that? I said that and a lot of you responded and I, you're, you're doing it. So thank you. You're helping me literally like make my life better and be able to, you know, do the show and, and, uh, and, and make it great. So thank you for that. Uh, if you want to support the show, like you've been doing with that new dollar tier, uh, patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin, I'm, I'm really shocked at how many of you have responded to that. And it means a lot. And I'm doing this here for you guys and you're helping me out and it's lovely. And thank you very much, uh, everyone who's done that. And if you haven't done it, Please consider giving me a buck, patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. I am Dan Benjamin, at Dan Benjamin, pretty much anywhere that you want to go, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, wherever. And uh, remember to like and subscribe. Hit the little bell like this animation thing is doing right here uh, because that bell, it it lets you know when I'm going to do a show. And uh, I appreciate that and all that you guys have done. And let's jump in. I'm going to make it this one a quick, powerful, tight show today because I've got to run to an appointment. And I, I, uh, I hate that when time is compressed, but I'm recording with John again today. So uh, compressed morning, but that's fine. So what? Exactly. Let's jump right in. COVID cases are plummeting. Have you heard about this? Plummeting is a kind of a strong word, but, but let's be optimistic. I want all the optimism we can have these days. Uh, check this out. New infections have fallen 45% in the U.S. and 30% globally in the past three weeks. Oh, you know why? It's the vaccine, right? It's all about the vaccine. Uh-uh. Uh-uh-uh. Still got to get... Somebody remind me to get that ISO or you can get it for me. It's it's the scene in uh, Jurassic Park where they're trying to hack into the uh, computer. And uh-uh-uh. I need to get the ISO of that. It is not... Because of the vaccine, because only 8% of Americans and 13% of people worldwide have even gotten their first dose. There were 131,341 new cases reported on Wednesday. It is a global phenomenon, this decline. Infections are falling worldwide for the past three weeks in a row. This is reported by the World Health Organization. Hospitalizations have fallen 26% since they peaked. Uh, 44 states are seeing a decline in cases with just Alabama, uh, Louisiana, Montana, New Jersey, Oklahoma, and Pennsylvania trending upward. Everybody else is training, not staying the same, but down, down. What do you think of this? This is, that's the wrong soundbite. This is the one that I wanted to play. That's awesome, right? I mean, this is some good news. We can actually enjoy this. California's 21,451 new confirmed cases on Tuesday are one third the mid-December peak of 54,000. New York recorded 8,215 new infections down from 19,942 a month before. This is great news, but we don't, yes, it was Newman, Andy, uh, but we don't understand why. And they say it is too soon for vaccines to be doing it. Fewer than 2% 2 of people have been fully immunized. So what's going on? 
they think the drop is likely due to a higher number of people who've had the virus than official counts suggest. They think maybe 90 million people and fewer people traveling like they did over the winter holidays. I don't know. It's good, so I'll take it. Uh, Excuse me. There is a new preprint study suggesting COVID reinfection is not that rare. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer though, isn't it? Oh, and I forgot to do the intro to the COVID section since this is just the COVID show now. Instead of the Benjamin Nation, it's going to be the COVID Nation. Excuse me. There we go. I'm in need of medical attention. Uh, So uh, CBS2, this is a channel in New York. uh, Max Gomez said the number of Americans who've had at least a mild case of COVID estimated at anywhere from 26 million to as many as 100 million. And the hope is that those people have developed antibodies. That's good, right? But uh, the cases of reinfection are actually, they're thinking a little bit high uh, or higher. This is a uh, not yet peer-reviewed preprint study, which means it's not fully baked and solidified quite yet. They say that nearly 2,000 young, healthy Marine Corps recruits Uh, they studied them and they said actually reinfection isn't that rare. Uh, It says here of the recruits who tested positive for COVID antibodies at the beginning of training, almost a fifth uh, and getting reinfected does not exclude you getting reinfected again. It's going to be common. Even with reinfection, the young recruits were mostly asymptomatic, but they were still able to spread it. So it seems like you get the same kind of resistance from a vaccine as you would from being infected before in that you'll get it again, you can get it again, but you don't have any symptoms from it and you could be walking around spreading it. So what if you were one of those people who got this kind of early on, maybe before you could even get tested, you weren't sure if you had it or not, maybe it felt like a bad cold or something like that and you got over it and now you can be reinfected walking around spreading it. That's why they keep talking about wearing masks and social distancing and stuff like that. Now, you remember when I told you that the WHO, the World Health Organization, was headed over to to uh, China, right? They went over to China. Well, they finally got to talk with Batwoman. You remember Batwoman? This is the lady over there in, in Wuhan, China, who's talking about all of the uh, this stuff there. Well, they spent about three and a half hours at this heavily guarded Wuhan Institute of Virology, which is at the center of the conspiracy theories saying that this is where everything began. And uh, the the quote is, um, extremely important meeting today with staff at WIV, which is the Wuhan uh, place, uh, including Dr. Shi Zengli, who is the the doctor who they has kind of been at the center of this. This is the Batwoman. And they said, key questions asked and answered. This is uh, from Peter Daszak, who said that on Twitter. And she is the virus hunter, the bat woman who uh, always has focused on bat diseases and coronaviruses and stuff. And she was like the first person who isolated the virus and said, this, this is the problem. Uh, so she rejects the fact that it could have come from her lab. Of course she does. Couldn't have come from my lab. So uh, you remember I told you guys about changing subjects about the uh, SolarWinds email hack. Um, apparently hackers were in there. They had penetrated the system and, uh, and they had been inside of there for over nine months. The CEO of SolarWinds says they still don't know how the company was breached. And, uh, here is a picture of the SolarWinds building, which is just down the street from me here in headquarters of Austin, Texas. 
They uh, they say now the the stock is up a little bit by three point six seven percent. I wouldn't necessarily say to invest in them, but they still don't understand that the hackers had accessed at least one of the company's Office three sixty five accounts in December twenty nineteen, which they used to leapfrog into other uh, Office three sixty five accounts and uh, and then just kind of get lost in the company. And they were in there for a very very long time. Eighteen thousand of the cus- of the company's customers affected by that hack. So just a little bit of an update there. Um, so here's something. Uh, Dr. Fauci's out there saying, uh, Come on, he's man. saying, you know what? Uh, what is playing that music? I hate when it plays stuff like that. Dr. Fauci's saying, don't have large Super Bowl parties. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh-uh. No, no. No. Um, NFL has announced that 22,000 people will be in the Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, but you shouldn't do that. Don't do it at home. Don't have your friends over. Don't do anything like that. He says, enjoy the game, watch it on television, but do it with the immediate members of your family, the people in your household. This is his advice. And finally, it's not a national holiday, but it might as well be. We've got the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. Sorry, we are that. used to having indoor Super Bowl parties. I don't have to tell you about everybody reaching into the same bowl oh, of nachos. Boy, she's really talking a lot. Here he is. Well, you know, every time we do have something like this, there always is a spike, be it a holiday, Christmas, New Year's, Thanksgiving. Okay, we get it. So don't do it. Good. All right. Uh, COVID in the UK, they are saying that it is past its peak. This is reported by the BBC. They say but infections are still alarmingly high. So in other words, good news, everyone. We're past our peak, but don't change what you're doing. You can't have good news because if you, if you say we're past our peak, it's good. People will start to go out and, uh, and, and, and do stuff like that. But Boris Johnson praised the colossal effort to vaccinate 10 million people, including 90% of those over age 75. Uh, it's pretty damn good if you ask me, but it's, um, you know, infections going down over there too. Uh, I don't think it's safe to say we've like turned a corner yet, but close. Um, now there's something else here that you're going to be interested to hear about called the, uh, Oxford vaccine, um, which is supposed to be ready (laughs) by the autumn, as they say in, uh, in the UK. And since we're doing so much UK stuff, we should, uh, cue the UK music. Uh, so this is maybe good news because the um, vaccine that they're coming out with comes from Oxford University. They're tweaking a vaccine that was a, a rel- relatively quick process for them. They only need small trials before they roll this thing out. And um, and and so this is good. There's going to be yet another vaccine. They think it'll slow things down. And that's what the vaccine's supposed to do. It's not necessarily supposed to stop it from happening. It's just supposed to slow things down down and so that's what they're thinking this one will help do um apparently the uk also has something called variant hunters who are warning that undetected mutations of this virus could be widespread here in the u.s why are the people in the u.s not talking about this i don't know but Coming out of London, British scientists say that fast-spreading COVID-19 variants first discovered in southern England has evolved in a way that can make existing vaccines less effective. And they now think that these are out here in the wild uh, and here in the United States. And um, they just say that it is a matter of natural selection. So think about this. Remember a couple weeks ago when I was explaining that um, 
that a successful virus, I use the word good, a good virus, but it's actually a successful virus, virus uh, is one that doesn't kill its host and is transmitted very easily. That's a successful virus. It continues to live on. It continues to mutate. It continues to beat any of the uh, immunizations that we come up with and any of the immunity that we ourselves generate, right? So that's a successful virus. What they are saying is going to happen is that the strains that we're seeing right now are going to continue to evolve until they're sort of the prevalent ones. And so we may basically be stuck with this uh, forever. Now, here's something that my, uh, you know, my kids don't want to hear, but I keep telling them. And that is that more screen time is causing vision problems during the pandemic, right? Um, Americans in this article, according to who wrote this thing, Annalisa Novak. Thank you, Annalisa. What, what is wrong with this too. iPad today? Americans are worried about how increased screen time during the pandemic will impact their eyes. According to a report, I don't, I don't like the way local local news always has this sound. Uh, and it's, um, I've got, I've got her on here. Hold on. If I can find it, I'll play it for you. This one. Pretty impressive story. You know, it's that kind of cloying, you know, way that the newscasters do it. Americans are worried about how increased screen time during the pandemic will impact their eyes. Details at 11. Uh, according to a report by iSafe Nielsen. Okay. The average screen time per person rose 60% to more than 13 hours a day in March of 2020. Dr. Christopher Starr, an ophthalmologist at Weill Cornell Medicine in New York, told CBS this morning that more, the more time Americans spend gazing at their screens, the less they are blinking. So well, I'll tell you so what. Basically, it's called computer vision syndrome. It combines eye strain from staring at a computer right in front of you for all those hours. Um, and also, it says, quote, when we are staring at and fatiguing our eyes, we're also staring and not blinking as much. The blink rate, which is normally 16 to 18 times a minute, decreases by 50% to maybe eight blinks a minute. Star says when a person doesn't blink as often, the effects are felt in a variety of ways. So tears evaporate. You get dry spots, your eyes get drier and redder and more irritated and gritty as the day goes on. That leads to fluctuations in vision. It leads to blurred vision. And of course, the eye strain, you're going to get headaches. And my kid, he'll be like, dad, I got a headache. I'm like, because you're staring at the damn screen too long. That's why. Uh, so doctors are reporting an uptick in vision-related issues relating to eye strain, which leads to headaches, frontal headaches, pain around the eyes, pain behind the eyes, dry eyes, and related problems. So take breaks. Blink more, look around. Here is the full list of the 2021 Golden Globe nominations, uh, which, um, you know, some big ones in there. Queen's Gambit, which was great. The Mandalorian, which I still haven't seen. The Crown, Schitt's Creek. Uh, all of these are uh, are good. Oh, Amazon, they're saying, could see a win for a Borat subsequent movie film in the best uh, movie, comedy, or musical going up against Hamilton. You think Borat could beat Hamilton? Well, that's crazy. Well, anyway, if you want to see this entire list, it's here in the links, and the links are going to be at uh, danbenjamin.live in the latest episode. You can go there and see what those are. A lot of great shows, and I think like I always use this list as like, what show should I watch next? I'll just hit this list, 
do that every year. It's amazing. Uh, okay, here's something I saw interesting. It was on TechCrunch saying that Instagram has confirmed that it's working on what it calls a vertical stories feed. Um, Instagram is developing a new feature that could give its app more of a TikTok-like feel, vertical, in, vertical Instagram stories. Um, right now, you browse through stories by tapping and, and horizontal swipes. Uh, and now stories apparently are passe. Did you know that? Stories are not cool anymore. Um, and even Snapchat is borrowing ideas from TikTok. They have this spotlight feature, which is similar. Uh, but they're saying that vertical swiping feels more natural than taps and horizontal flicks. It is after all, this is reading from this TechCrunch article, how users navigate much of the mobile web as well as other key features across a variety of social apps. And uh, turning Instagram stories into a vertical feed would be a notable change and one that could potentially set the stage for a shift away from more static content. If you think about it, Instagram began as a, col a curated collection of your own photographs, right? It was, it was like, this is here forever. And then they introduced stories and that was more to be like Snapchat. So now both Snapchat and Instagram pulling from TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. I don't do anything on there. Is the boys on the list? Slugor, let me let me see if it is for you. Hold on. Uh, no, not been nominated. Bummer. Where's our Where's our angry reaction? No, this one. Where's this one? Not that. This. All right. Sorry, it took me a minute to find that. All right, we've got a couple weird uh, weird stories here for you. Seventy roosters were seized. Several people were detained during an illegal cockfighting investigation. Cockfighting investigation in L.A. Deputies seized about 70 cockfighting roosters on the property and detained several residents during the operation. Quote, investigators are in the process of determining whether or not additional crimes are involved. People are still doing cockfighting. This took place on the 23,000 block yeah of fort tihan so cockfighting more animal news 30 dogs and over a dozen other animals and four kids were removed from a lawrence county mobile home say that the residence was in complete disarray and overwhelming odor could be smelled from outside this is in uh washington township pennsylvania 30 American Terrier pit bulls, four children, several other animals, some dead, were removed from a mobile home in Lawrence County. Who snubbed Slugor? Oh, with the boys? I know. I know. It's a bummer. Uh, so they arrived at the home on Rabbit Haven Lane in Washington Township. They found deplorable conditions. Children and youth services removed four school-aged children from inside. The animals were being kept in kennels and pet carriers with excessive amounts of feces and urine-soaked pads and bedding. Uh, really, really disgusting. Um, look clean to you. They got 30 pit bull terriers, one kitten, two gerbils, six feeder mice, two ball python snakes, and three dead ball python snakes. Why do people do this? What's the thinking? Why do people do it? Okay, so here's some other uh, little bit of interesting news before we wrap things up. Um, this is the first time. So for those of you who don't follow uh, football, uh, for those of you who don't follow the NFL, uh, basically the way that, that this works is they pick a stadium in a warm climate. Very often it's Florida, sometimes California, 
but they want to have the Super Bowl in a place where it will be warm because the Super Bowl, of course, takes place where it's cold in most places. So it has never happened that the stadium that's selected for the Super Bowl to take place in has also been the home of one of the teams playing in the Super Bowl until now. The Buccaneers from Tampa, their stadium was selected because they say, oh, it'll never, they'll never make it to the Super Bowl. Here they are in the Super Bowl. So there's a thing that the Bucs do uh, when, uh, when they get a touchdown. They have this cannon. And here's a picture, if you're lucky enough to be watching this uh, in video. Here's a picture. And uh, you yeah, can the, see the they have this big pirate ship that's in the back of the field. And they've got a cannon. And they fire off the cannon. They fire it off when they get a touchdown. But the NFL has weighed in and said, uh-uh-uh, you're not going to be able to do that. Got to keep it neutral. So despite the fact that the Bucks always, always, always do the cannon when they get a touchdown, they're not going to be able to do it during the Super Bowl. What do you think? If they win the Super Bowl, do you think one of their little pirate dudes is going to climb up there and fire it off if they win it? I think they will. This is, next story is the, the dumbest story that I've ever seen, ever. Apparently, somebody took this picture of this wave crashing against the rocks and, uh, and says that they think that it looks just like Poseidon. Poseidon. That's the news. That's the whole news. And then the last thing that I have on this, which is kind of interesting, is Ford, of all companies, Ford has gotten a patent for a clear respirator mask they think will be just as effective as an N95 mask. I think a listener sent this to me and I apologize um, for not remembering who it is. Uh, I'm very sorry about that. But uh, yeah, they came out with this new patent and they said that, uh, quote, one of the things that's missing during the pandemic is the power of a smile. This is from Jim Bombick, a vice president at Ford. The clear respirator promises to, I'm sure he said this exactly, right? The clear respirator promises to improve interactions between neighbors at the store and for those who have hearing impairments. I think this is great. I love this. I love this idea. But, you know, that's not he didn't actually say that. Uh, anyway, they, uh, an audiologist was saying that a covered mask cuts down the volume of your voice by about 10 decibels. So that's a quarter of the volume of a human voice. The average human voice is about 30 decibels in volume. Uh, so this cuts a third of that off. And that's part of what creates this weird barrier that we feel every time we go and talk to people or, or, or go somewhere. Uh, so, um, yeah, so they, they're making this, this, potentially making these clear masks. Would you wear a clear mask? I probably would prefer a clear mask. So that's it. That's all I've got for you today. But uh, I, I just want to say thanks again so much to everybody who has come in and contributed. And as a thank you, on tomorrow's show, I'm going to publicly thank a handful of y'all for doing this. And maybe I'll make that part of the show. Maybe I can have like a little post roll or something that has your names on it, especially for people who've donated more than just a dollar. But the fact that you're donating a dollar at all is huge. And like I explained on the last show, this is not an exaggeration. You are changing my life and making my life tangibly better by giving me one dollar. Do you think that five days a week, 30 to 60 minutes per day is worth a dollar to you? I had my little can of soda here. I don't have it here right now. That costs a dollar. 
It's the equivalent of buying me a Coca-Cola. That's what it is. Are you willing to do that? Do I provide enough entertainment for you that it's worth a single Coca-Cola can? If it is, please go to patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin and give me a buck or more if you feel like it's worth it. You're truly moving me from a position of stress and worry to being able to put my kids through college and pay my bills. Subscribe to the channel, youtube.com slash Dan Benjamin. It's great. Go there. It's amazing. And I am Dan Benjamin everywhere that you want to find me. I appreciate you all listening. And that's all I've got for you today. So have a good one and I'll see you tomorrow.